0: Hey there, senders. Welcome back to another episode of the Segment Podcast. This is episode 67 with our special guest, Jumpin' Jerry Vanderpool from TRP. I hope you guys enjoy this episode as we take a walk down some of the memory lane from Jerry's past, how he went from BMX as a kid all the way up through and all in to mountain biking and to where he is today out there in the field helping people out, and making sure that they can slow down in order to speed up. And some other cool things coming out from that company, TRP. Before we get into the episode, I do want to say thank you to the supporters of the show and take a look for affiliate links that will be in the description below as well as promo codes for discounts from certain companies. And if it helps you out, I hope you guys can save a buck or two there. First off, I wanna say thank you to Tasco. Take a look at Tasco's latest designs every month. They're putting out a brand new pair of gloves. And as we move into the warmer months of the year, there are some really cool things coming out from their Phantom line. Take a look at the affiliate link for Tasco MTB and that'll take you straight there. Also, special thank you to Spoke X. If you are looking to upgrade your bike or purchase a bike or anything around your bike, consider taking a look at Spokex. There is an affiliate link here. It is a small town business ran from mountain bikers. Hunter and the guys over there do an amazing job. And if you see my newest YT decoy on film or out there on the trails, all of those upgrades were done by Spokex. Also, a special thank you to Afton Shoes. Aftonshoes.com if you're looking for flats or clipless, take a peek There is a promo code there for you all to save 10% off your purchase, and that promo code is SENDER10. Again, promo code is SENDER10 if you're looking for MTB shoes. Also, thank you to Goop Industries. There is a link there for Goop Industries. What is Goop, you say? Goop is the slime and CO2 all-in-one can that you can actually strap onto your bike or put in your hip pack. The promo code for Goop is Sender20, and you'll get 20% off your purchase if you want to have one of those laying around. Again, that is promo code Sender20 to help you get back to the car in case you don't have any air. Next up is Spy Optic. Thank you so much, Spy Optic. There is a promo code for spies. If you're looking for something for goggles or lifestyle glasses, the whole array of eyewear. You can save 10% off of your purchase there. Go to spyoptic.com and put in promo code SENDER10. Again, promo code SENDER10 will give you 10% off your purchase. YT Industries is the main bike brand that helps support this channel. I do have a YT Jeff C that they have given me for the year, and that bike is phenomenal. I did get a great discount on a YT decoy which are really hard to find, and I am loving that bike. So thank you so much to YT Industries and all of the guys at the YT Mill for your support. Next up is Dianese, Orange County. All of my protective gear are go- is going over to Dianese. They have some of the coolest protective gear that is light and comfortable and highly rated and certified DH rated when it comes to their newest helmet, The Linnea 01. Take a look at that if you haven't got a chance. It is one of the lightest mountain bike full-face helmets out there, and it is certified and DH rated. Take a look. It is super light and super comfortable. Also, a special thank you to Better Bolts. Betterbolts.com is offering the listeners of the Segment Podcast a 10% off of their purchase with promo code THESEGMENT10. Again, that's promo code the segment 10. And last but not least, if you're interested at all, there is some segment merch, some hats and some t-shirts, coffee cups. If you're into that kind of thing, you can always go to the segment.store. Again, that's the segment.store. Pop in promo code SENDER10 for 10% off your purchase. Without further ado, folks, hope you all enjoy this episode with our special guest, Jumpin' Jerry Vanderpool hey senders welcome back to another episode of the segment podcast whoa we got people in the audience already Uh, what's up everybody alpha mtb wins the first 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 comment of the night two minutes countdown shredders what's up alpha good to see you burel bikes oh my god oh my god this is it i'm so excited (laughs) burel bikes is out of idaho and i i i know our guest is out of idaho as well tonight uh we also have adam mock he says i heard there's something dope going on over here indeed indeed there's gonna be some great things and i'm wearing a segment shirt Ooh, dang i saw you put out a ig earlier today with that that is very cool what's up nick i see you out there man nick mtb123 and uh air blair is on the line mtb mini bomber dang this thing is filling up i love seeing all these people folks there was a huge and Joey." There was a huge trail ride again, another big trail ride. We wow. had, we had a big one with the trail dogs this last weekend doing the Fullerton loop. Yeah.
1: that I wasn't like able to a great make... turnout.
0: Yeah. I had no, I saw those lines there that they were hitting that jump line. That looks yeah. amazing. I, n- I had never, I
1: didn't never know there was... was jumps there. I didn't know
0: <laughs> some of those things look pretty big too. Yeah, so that's good. I see Timothy Haley's on board. What's up? What's up? And then, Oh, MTB Desert Rats in the squad tonight. What's up? What's up, Luis? What's up, Vatos? <laughs> and I I know I totally blew that it didn't sound good when I said that. But <laughs> <laughs> um MTB news, any any MTB news of any kind uh, that you've heard of or anything new going on with you, Mr. Joey Yates?
1: No, nothing new. I'm still just living the stoke on this new bike. <laughs> yes,
0: tell me, tell me.
1: Yes, we got the, well, let's see, last weekend we went out with the um, Transcend crew out at Vail. That was an amazing turnout.
0: That, yeah. was, that was huge. That was like 150. Pl- I never seen the parking lot that full. Um, Ernie... The leader of Transcend, who's no longer with us, I know he would be so happy to so see proud. that. Yeah, dude, yeah. how many drones were following people down, down <laughs> the trails, too? That was
1: dope. Yeah, there was a few that just whizzed by you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was amazing,
0: it was so much fun. We all got to run down a few lines that were brand new, too. Uh, Bullfrog was a popular one, I know we got a lot of footy down Bullfrog and the Veil vale runs, as you all know, if you've been out to Veil, vale, they're long. And you definitely need your brakes on them. And uh, you need to be able to brake before corners and and all that good stuff. And Joey and I were rocking brand new TRPs for the last month. And that does segue into our guest tonight. But Joey, what did you think about your TRPs?
1: You know, I've heard the saying many times that brakes will make you faster. And that made no sense to me until I put TRPs on my bike and I realized Brakes do make you faster because you trust them. You don't have to use, you know, they're there when you need them. You're not pre-braking early. The bike's not locking up. It stops when you want it to stop and you can just let go and trust those brakes. So, yeah. yeah, I'm Doesn't loving. it
0: feel like you're driving um, like a sports car almost? Yes. Like- Yes. it just yes. responds the moment you pull that trigger it just responds and it's not too much it's like having abs <laughs> just the right amount of squeeze it's so perfect it feels so I remember good.
1: The, the first time i jumped on your bike when you you because you got yours first and uh we were it was that staircase and i dropped it on that staircase and i was like i thought i got held up on something because the bike wouldn't even go yeah and i realized that i was just barely touching the brakes and i was like oh Yeah, these are good. (laughs) Yeah,
0: they're good. And you and I, for the folks that are out there, you and I are coming off of SRAM. That's what we had. And I know there's Team Shimano and Team SRAM, but wow, what a difference. It's almost like what I've been hearing, the best of both worlds. And uh, our guest tonight is Jumpin' Jerry Vanderpool, and he's going to be able to really go into all of those aspects of breaks, TRP and all that stuff. But I'm excited to have him on the show. Um, And talk to you guys about it. And also for you all to learn a little bit more about Jumpin' Jerry. He has, we were talking to him backstage. What did he say? Like over. He's a lifer in the industry of mountain biking. Definitely. Which is cool. Bureau Bike says, TRP is about to take over the industry. Best breaks out there. Damn, that's a big statement, and I love it. I love it, I love it. I see Tumor Warrior is on. What's up, what's up, Tumor Warrior? Welcome, welcome. All right, guys, without further ado... Joey Yates, what do you think? Shall we bring on the guests for tonight?
1: Yeah, let's bring them on. Let's bring on Jerry. All right.
2: Yo! How are you guys doing? (laughs) Stoked to be on, everyone. Thank you.
0: Welcome. Welcome to the segment podcast, man. Stoked to have you.
2: As am I. Thank you. Stoked to be on, guys. Thanks.
0: I've heard that you have single-handedly put in probably thousands of people on bikes in your ambassadorship for our sport over the years, and you're probably the reason why a lot of people
2: are are out on the trails, which is so stump, which is so cool. You know, I hope that's the case. I've definitely, <laughs> you know, I've tried to pay that back around because honestly, when I was in grade school back in the '70s, um, we had some guys come to my school on BMX bikes, and I saw that and was just immediately like. I want to be like those guys. Those guys are cool. They got the cool bikes. They got the cool uniforms, you know, they're doing cool stuff. And that's kind of where it began. And, and honestly through all the years of BMX and mountain bike racing and, and working in the industry, there has been so, so many people that have helped me um, with mentorship, sponsorship, just being there and stoking me out that I always want to try and, and get more and more people into our sport. And I hope they love it as much as I do. That's awesome, man. That yeah. is awesome. Very, very fortunate that uh, this sport adopted me. Have you
0: seen uh, an increase in influx of people that are coming into the sport from the pandemic? Have you seen yeah. this type of influx before?
2: <laughs> yeah, Definitely we've seen such a, a a rising rate of people coming into the sport. And more importantly now, because we've kind of come through things, now we're seeing people that are staying with the sport. So that's another really important thing. And I don't think I've seen growth like that in interest in quite a few years. Love it. Love it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's very cool. I I, I'm one of those COVID writers who fell into the sport when the pandemic first started, I would, barely grabbed a bike by the back of its tail as it was flying out the door uh, before they all disappeared. And I'm just so happy that I found this sport in this community. I wish I had found it earlier,
2: but I'm so glad to be here. Talking to people like you, Jerry, this is sweet. No, there's, there's across the board. There are so many good people in this sport and in this industry um, that you really can't go wrong. Love you know, and everybody is very much of the same mind of trying to help one another promote the sport, get more people out there, have more people understand how to, you know, deal with trail issues and people and, you know, learn how fun bikes are and how much of a lifestyle it really is. If it wasn't for cycling, I mean, I might be dead by this point. It's just, it's done so much for me mentally and physically. And like you say, the community and the people I have met over the years they've become lifelong friends and it's amazing, um, to think about that. I don't think about it until I go to certain events and I'll see so many people and I don't notice it as much cause I'm in the now, but mm-hmm. it's my, my family and my friends are just like, God, you know, everyone. I'm like, I don't know everyone. I just, I know a <laughs> few people. And, and, and it's nice to have, you know, that camaraderie that, you know, it's funny. I, on that
0: note, um, Well, Adam Mock here is saying such a great time to be in the MTB community. That is so true. I feel like the timing is, is just awesome. Um, unspoken, one of the clothing lines is, uh, the owner is on Brett hall. He says best breaks out there, TRP best breaks out there. He also says, uh, yeah, never use anything else. And he loves this MTB community. Um, when I, speaking of the community, I had, uh, Joey and I had finished off a show. And I got a DM from Christian out in Boise, Idaho. Mm-hmm. And he said, you got to get and Jerry on the show. <laughs> and it was amazing to hear like his level of stoke was like, I demand that you put this gentleman <laughs> on your show. You're going to love him. That's, that's I, super nice. I was like, sure, that's great. Let's, let's get him on. And you and I had text. Right. And uh, we set it up for, for the show. 2 days later i go to a place called spokex which is one of the local bike shops that i frequent hunter, and uh, i got my brand new trps put on and yeah. the owner hunter comes out of his office <laughs> and the first thing he says to me is like yo you got jerry on the show <laughs> like like he already knew before
2: i could even tell him <laughs> well that that tells you how great our community is and realize it's very tight knit so yes. that's the other thing and hunter and those guys are awesome they do so much for us to promote us and they love our stuff and we love working with those guys and it's fun when you work with cool people it really, really makes my job so simple and simple.
1: yeah
2: yeah
0: yeah, they were so stoked on you, so stoked on you being on the show, and they're like, "You're gonna, you're gonna feel a, such a difference with these TRPs as they're taking off the brakes that I had on my on my bike that came with it." They were just like <laughs> stripping those things off there. Um, as we're talking, we just got a donation from Burel Bikes, nine dollars ninety nine cents. Jerry believed in my business before just about anyone else. I'm indebted to him. Jerry is a tremendous human being. Thank you for bringing him on the segment. Of course. Thanks,
2: you- very much appreciate. That's awesome. That's Very much awesome. appreciate that.
0: We we got Master Sergeant or Master Chief. I'm sorry, Darren. Master Chief is on the on the line as well. Darren Hampton says, "Running DHR Evos on both my bikes." Thank you, so Darren.
1: We'll, we we'll definitely
0: get into a lot of that. So, but Jerry, I know we have a there's a, so many years to cover, but I definitely would love to go back, kind of take us back to. You were at school. Those guys came through on the BMX bikes. It it inspired you to create this trail, this life that you have today. Yes, that uh, also shares with more people. But uh, when tell tell us a little bit more about that. You got into BMX and then
2: yeah, you know, <clears throat> grew up in, in well, I use the term grow up, grew up very loosely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I was raised in Bakersfield, California, and um, you know started racing BMX when I was 10, borrowed a a bike from one of my friends and went to the track and won my first race. And I was just like, this is awesome. The community is awesome. I love this sport. So did that, did BMX for quite a long time. Um, Actually, I didn't probably even, I don't think I even had a driver's license until I was 17 because I just rode my BMX bikes everywhere. Um, But that kind of thing got me to thinking, you know, as I got older and I worked some, some inner, you know, intermediate jobs, you know, I was a grocery clerk and, and worked at night to pay for my BMX bikes and worked in a bike shop to pay for my BMX bikes. You are hooked. And I was hooked and I had to do it. And, you know, then it kind of came like, well, what are you going to do with your life? And I had started down a path of um, i was still riding to work and stuff, but I started playing music and started heading down that path for a few years and ended up getting into mountain bikes transitioning from mountain bikes to BMX in the in the late 80s and started riding some of the first mountain bikes and actually ended up breaking my collarbone
0: oh man
2: and couldn't play music and oh. from that point i think i was in my early 20s and i just decided you know what the universe is telling me to follow my original passion and so, luckily enough, at that time, uh, the stereo shop I work for, I'm um, doing car audio, he wanted to open a bike shop in Bakersfield. And so, I helped him open that bike shop. And it just, that was my trajectory into the industry. I worked in yeah. bike shops for many years um, and eventually was lucky enough to get a job in the late 90s and moved away from the bike shop and went to work for Rock Shocks. Okay. Yeah. In Northern California. And so that that was kind of my step from the bike shop side into you know the other side of the industry. And for Rock Shocks, I was lucky to meet so many just intelligent people. I worked in the engineering staff, um, I worked in product development, oh, in wow. the repair department repairing forks. And you know from that point, I knew that this is the industry I wanted to be in. So, At the time when you were with Rock Shocks or you broke your collarbone, did you
0: go back to BMX or did you just go all in? Without- I went all in on
2: mountain bikes for wow. years, for many years. It's a weird, weird thing with me. I will race mountain bikes and, and not do BMX. And then I'll transfer to the other right now. I'm actually doing both. Um, um that's what we were doing today. My son and I were out at the Boise bike park, riding 20 inch wheel BMX bikes or wow. race bikes. Wow. So I mean, BMX is still a huge part. Um, the trainer I have that I've been working with the last couple months to ready, try and ready me for national championships later this year for downhill, he's actually a pro BMX rider. Um, so there's a lot of carryover of skills from BMX to especially gravity. I, uh, mountain I, bike racing. I love it, man. So it's similar to it's very cool.
0: Yeah. And whenever, yeah, this is a great comment. Tumor Warrior says BMX racing is a great, gateway to mountain biking yeah and i feel like there's a specific style when you see a rider on the mountain and you see them jump or you see them scrub something you immediately go
2: it's either bmx or moto yeah and it typically usually is because it's that motion and that feel of throwing the bike around and having the confidence that that definitely does that but we're used to jumping and pumping and cornering and doing those those skills that translate into the gravity side of sports. So, do BMX riders ever dead sailor or does that get worked out of the system by the time yeah. you're at your level? It usually you don't do that as much unless you're probably out dirt jumping and okay. it's a very steep lip. Okay. It tends to be on our track bikes that that the transitions are you know a little mellower and we calc- we're, we have a lot more speed. So we don't tend to dead sailor it unless we're you know, it usually happens more on a jump that you're not used to and you do not hit it with the correct speed Mm, to clear to the next one is Mm. more of what I found or here in Idaho and I'm sure sometimes it's other California. You go out and ride and you think, hey, this is a great jump. And you get in the middle of the air, and oh yes, I forgot about the 20 mile an hour wind off to the side blowing down the hill. That's more of my dead sailor, <laughs> time, I would say. Just <laughs> Joey
0: think. Yates had one of those yes, that happened on the bike day. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah it happens, you know, and you're like, whoops. Yeah, that's, we had a that's sang- what's so great about suspension bikes. <laughs> <laughs> They're so much more forgiving than a rigid BMX bike, right? Exactly.
0: So, um, MTB Desert races the bike mostly throws me
2: around, <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> especially so e bikes because of the weight, a right? Lot weight involved with those e bikes,
0: yes, exactly. Exactly, they're so
2: fun, you know.
0: <laughs> so, so, you're over at Rock Shocks, you're going through the different departments, you're wearing multiple hats, getting a lot of experience in the industry, and you end up in the suspension part. You're with the engineers. Did, how long yeah. did you stay at RockShox?
2: I, that- I was there about three and a half years. And okay. then um, oddly enough, in the early 2000s, you know, I was racing BMX again full time as a vet pro. Um, and I came to a national race in Salt Lake City. I was living in Colorado working for Shocks. And I ran into a friend of mine who I believe is still the vice president at uh, Western Power Sports Fly Racing here in Boise. Okay. And he asked me to come move back to Boise in 2001 to start the BMX division of fly racing for components. Okay. helmets and, and, you know, uh, safety gear and, and all that type of thing. And I did that for about a year. But by that time, things were changing radically at RockShocks and in the bike industry for um, suspension. And they were going to a program of only uh, offering three years of back service for okay. suspension products. Okay. And with all the background I had and some help from my friends at RockShox, I ended up starting my own business that I had for 15 years. Ooh. That was called Hippie Tech Suspension. Oh, and so I was an independent suspension tuning center for mountain bikes. And when it was all said and done, I was actually doing service for eight different brands.
1: Dang.
2: Um, so I did that for almost 15 years. But one day I walked in the office or in my shop and I was like, I'm done. I I, I want to get out in the back out in the world. And, you wow. know help people in real time instead of always being on the phone or doing emails, which is still a huge part of my job. Right. Yeah. Um, but I love being able to go out to the shops. I love to be able to go out riding. I like going to the events I do um, to support our customers and to race myself. So that just took a little change, but yeah, Rock Shox gave me the uh, acumen and the experience to want to try and do other things. And when I shut that down, I was actually ending kind of racing full time. I figured by the time I turned 50, it's probably time to stop racing. Pro I'm kidding myself. And, um, I got offers from companies that I had ridden for to become an independent sales rep. And that, so the field was calling. Yeah, it was calling. <laughs> and I was very nervous because that's a very, it's a very, it can be a very tough job, you know, to always keep people happy and, and mm-hmm. travel. Mm -hmm. and, uh, deal with things, but it was something I did and did fairly well at it. And then years later, um, because of that, um, I got an opportunity to work with TRP again, Mm -hmm. and I'd worked with TRP during my time of running hippie tech, um, because of my background in product development, um, and documentation and stuff. I was, like I say, I was one of their early test riders and i was an early sponsored rider you know in the mid you know 2007 2008 is kind of when trp was finding their legs here in the united states as it were um, and starting to expand Um, because the funny thing a lot of my job is education and um, the funny thing is is a lot of people still to this day do not realize that trp is actually an acronym for tectro racing products Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, our parent company, Tektro, has been around for almost 40 years. Is, is that an American company or is that? No, f- no, it's, we are actually a a um, Taiwanese company that is family owned. Wow. So privately held.
1: Yes.
0: Family owned Tektro. And did they have interest in the mountain biking industry or was somebody there a mountain biker and decided, Hey, we should make products
2: for this market. The, the thing is, is with, with Tektro in general, um, a lot of people don't realize we are actually the second largest brake manufacturer in the bicycle industry. Oh, geez, Louise. Yeah, they were, they are already here (laughs) Us as an OEM supplier for brakes already. But yes, back to your question. Yes. There was a number of guys who were into mountain bikes. And we definitely felt that that segment is something that we could address and do well as a manufacturer. So that's kind of the direction we went. But don't get it wrong. We we virtually make every kind of brake. We make road disc brakes. We make caliper road brakes. We make TT brakes. We now even make drivetrains. Some people don't realize that both TRP and Tectro actually offer drive chain products now. Damn. And that's so something new, right? That We can yeah. get into that later, but that's... Yeah. So there, there's a, a, a number of things going on that kind of led me back around to these guys, which is, I was very fortunate.
0: Now, I'm sure there was relationships there. You said you had ridden for Tectro, one of their test riders, but was there a Bakersfield connection somehow back to Tectro that may have brought you back?
2: To them. No, the, the the whole connection with that was through my who the gentleman who is my current boss and friend, um, that brought me back around that I'd worked for in uh Twin Falls, Idaho. Gotcha. So he and I originally engineered the jumping Jerry thing, mm-hmm. which was growing up in the 70s. I was a huge, my dad watched Wide World of Sports, right. Mm-hmm. So, I grew up as a huge, huge Evil Knievel fan. Oh, yeah. I got right. a buddy that loves Evil. <laughs> right. I moved to Twin Falls to work for this bike shop, knowing that the ramp that Evil Knievel used to try and jump the Snake River Canyon is in Twin Falls, Idaho.
1: Ooh. Oh. <laughs> right. And
2: I've stood on that ramp. And so the the idea was we would set up some dirt jumps and i would jump a couple cars Damn. well it ended up being we had wood ramps built through this that and the other thing and i ended up jumping four cars under my oh. own power at a event it's called dairy days very fancy right um <laughs> it's an event and the event actually got pictured and a story written and it, it was in bicycle, bike magazine in 1997 Okay, and so that's where the whole jump and Jerry thing came from, and because of that, I ended up doing a jump for Specialized at a Cactus Cup in
0: '98.
2: I tried to jump some cars at Mammoth in '98 for Bill Cockcroft, but I crashed. Oh! But that's another long story. <laughs> oh no! Well, all in all, these years, that's where the jump and Jerry comes from, is because Dang. that was my marketing gimmick for myself. So I could race and, and get things done and kind of make a name for myself. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. I know everyone was going to
0: wait. They're waiting for me to ask that or Joey and I to ask that question. Like, where did the jump in Jerry come from? That is so cool. Yeah. Now, when you first eyed that evil Knievel ramp, was it smooth? Was it sketchy? Like, what were your takes on it? Or were you just in awe that you're standing on this thing?
1: Well,
2: I'm, I'm just in awe because all there's really left is just the, the ramp of dirt because after that they had scaffolding and and wood ramping and stuff for the rocket to sit on. Um, But just to stand there um, and look over the Canyon is just like, Holy crap, this is crazy. (laughs) You know? So I kind of made that full circle. Right. Uh, And that's, you know, that's what I wanted to do. I figured if I could jump some cars and make a name for myself, I might just make it in the industry. Yeah. You know? So that was kind of my, my gimmick. And it just, after all these years, it's it's just kind of stuck. So so the gentleman that's
0: now uh, your boss at mm-hmm. Tektro Racing Product, he helped you coin the whole jump and Jerry from that event. And mm-hmm. then fast forward some few a few years later, they're contacting you, they see you out in the field, they're like, hmm, uh-huh. we have an opportunity to grab jump and jerry to be our TRP guy and help educate them to be community get people stoked on our
1: products.
2: And what year did that end up happening? So originally, you know, I'd worked with Lance on other projects. Um, He was a product manager at some other up and coming companies. And I did some work with him. We'd been friends. Uh, I think originally we started working together in 2008 or so. And then I was a writer for them for a long time. However, when I started my independent rep business in 2016, I contacted TRP and said, I'd I'd really, you're one of the companies I'd like to work for. I only, I only work for companies. I like to ride their products. Oh, damn. You went after them. I went after them. But at the time here in the United States, we weren't really staffed up enough to, for them to have a rep and have an inside sales staff to support that. So Lance said, listen, we're, we're not ready you know, do something else for now. And so I went to work, uh, actually for Magura, uh, they, they, they're still really good friends of mine. Um, and I went to work for Magura and I did that for about three years and come about, I think it's 2017 or so TRP contacted me back again, 2017, 2018. And they said, listen, I'd like you to, to come to our office in Utah And I'd like to ride some of the new products that we are working on to get your opinion because you have past experience with us. And so I went to Ogden and rode product and liked the direction that we were going there. Again, I had already liked our products for years, but when I saw the current products that we have basically now in that stage, three years ago, four years ago, I decided right from then, unfortunately, I was going to have to go home and put in my 30-day notice with the other companies because TRP said, we would like you to to work with us. Wow. And I was deeply honored. Wow. So, um, it kind of grew from there. I was an independent rep with them. And then a couple of years ago, I became a full-time employee uh, for them.
0: This is a cool story. And and one of the things that I'm seeing in this story is coming from a guy by the name of Jumpin' Jerry, who also worked for suspension companies, had his own hippie tech suspension company, goes and works for brake companies. And my eyes are opening to the whole brake thing because I know sometimes we have to go slow to go fast. Right? Was there something a- about that angle that made it important for you to go into the brake side of the bike components?
2: Yeah, I mean, being being a race background, brakes are live and die for us, right? And so true. I had I had ridden their brakes for a long time and I knew what our factories were capable of in my mind. And we had come out with products that were really good in the years that I had and ridden for them and worked, you know, in in the background. Um, some of those being uh, the quadium four piston brake that we had, um, there's a brake called a slate t four that is our base model four piston that is still in our lineup. Damn. When those brakes came along, I was like, wow, we're 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 starting to get places. We're really starting to make some some more powerful product. We've always had good modulation. We've always had, Ease of, of bleeding and setup. That's always an end, you know, consistency. That's always been a hallmark of both Tektro and TRP, very reliable. Um, but when I had come back around after working for Magura and I saw the new products like what is now our DHR Evo brake, mm-hmm. our Trail Evo, and, and even our TR12 and DH7 drivetrains. That's the point where I said to myself and I said to Lance, listen, I I would really like to get in now as we're really starting to build momentum for what I can see should be some major, major advancements for us as a company and for people to be stoked on our product. And I'll, I'll tell you, Mark, in the last couple of years, it's been amazing going to events and having the feedback from people, just like from you guys of how happy people are with our stuff. And I, I felt that same way. And that's why I kind of made that change years ago. I just thought that, Hey, this is really the best product that I can put on my bike. And so this is who I want to work with. That's awesome, man. That that's, that's really cool. And I definitely
0: felt a difference. I mean, I'm a newer writer to the sport, you know, 2020s when I, I jumped in and started Cutting my teeth, so to speak, and having fun. But it took me until now to purchase some upgraded brakes. And (laughs) TRPs were a recommendation by my buddy California MTV Sean up in Thousand Oaks Uh said TRPs for sure. I had no idea. And I jumped on them and I was like, wow, what a difference from where I was coming from. And I there's a few folks that are asking questions here in the audience, and and I definitely want to get there, but um, one of the things that some of the folks were asking um, is what, since you worked at Magura and if it's okay, I don't know if it's fair. Let me know if this is a fair question or not, but since you worked at Magura Mm -hmm. and now you work at TRP, one of the questions from the audience was they're looking for breaks. They're thinking Magura, Mm -hmm. they're thinking TRP, but they just don't know what the difference is. Can you help educate us a little bit about
2: what the difference there would be? Yeah. I mean, I think both companies make great product and both companies have great people working at these companies. I know these people because I've worked with them. Um, I think the biggest difference is that I believe that we have easier setup. We have better modulation. And I do like the fact that our parts, as far as all of our structural parts, you know, with the lever and the, um, caliper and everything everything is all alloy Mm. as far as the um construction of the brake lever the um the uh, what do i want to say the whole structure of the brake itself is all alloy whereas sometimes the carbitexture which is the plastic that the Magura's are made of can be a little, little more temperamental than our stuff. Um, Especially when it comes to the bleed screws and stuff, the bleed screw is tightening of a bleed screw on a Magura is a half a Newton meter. Okay. It's it's very light. So I think, I think our stuff is, is more robust. um, And I think it's actually easier to work on because our system is much more open as far as bleeding the system and stuff. Um, another thing I did notice is <clears throat> part of the reason the like the upper end Magura's hit really well is because the pads actually sit a little closer to the rotor, okay. but that can also cause a little bit of interference if you don't have everything plumb and square. Mm-hmm. So our retraction of our pads is more similar to say a Shimano. So okay. you've got a little more room on each side of the rotor to you know allow a little fluctuation or a little okay. off centering. Gotcha. For any kind of little intricacies that are off. It's all the little, the the little bitty things, you know, I think is what makes us different. Um, Got it. That's something definitely, you know, that's a big um, comment. I get from customers after they will try one and try the other and I'll go to an event and I'll have someone, you know, come to me and ask a lot of the same questions you and, and your people are asking and, I respond very similarly, and they will try our product, and very much so they will come back to me at another event and say, "Hey, listen, I just wanted to let you know how much I love the brakes. They're everything you said they would be, and they they just work."
0: Yeah, and I, I
2: mean you can't really beat that.
0: Yeah, it yeah, I mean I was following Joey Yates here down a trail in San Clemente called Hole in the Fence, and uh, normally you got a pull brake you know, pretty early before those corners, but with the TRPs, man, he just, he, he just took off and I'm like, where did he go? (laughs) And he just loved his, he's got, he's got two twenty three rotors in the Mm -hmm. front and he's got the, the two Oh three, like the width ones in the, in the back, but normal, uh, normal size. And he's just like, I love this setup. He's having a blast.
2: Yeah, I, that was one of the big things. We, we'd always had great brakes when we built them in what I would call our standard model, which would be the 1.8 thickness of rotor, which is the industry standard for the most part. Um, but a few years ago, when I went down to TRP and Road Test Product, which we're now manufacturing, that was the first time I actually got to try the thicker rotor systems. And it was amazing to me how much more solid. It felt even more amazed how the rotor didn't warp when it got hot Hot. and the rotor did not and the brakes did not fade when we did long descents. So that was definitely something that we had to engineer. Um, And now you're starting to see other manufacturers that are offering thicker rotors, not as thick as us yet, but other manufacturers, have you know, up the ante to at least a 2.0 thick two millimeter thick rotor where ours is 2.3 thick and just having that extra amount of material is amazing night and day difference
0: it's interesting because the the guys at spoke i said can we put two like two tw- the circumference a bigger circumference of rotor online and i said mark with the new
2: thick th- with the thickness of these trps you're you're not going to need that It's true because you have so much. I tell that to people all the time. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge big rotor fan just because they look damn cool, right? (laughs) Um, But I tell people all the time because they'll be like, hey, you know, I usually run a 203 and I'm like, actually, you could get away with a 180 because with the amount of extra material that is in the brake track and in the rotor itself, you get the performance of a larger rotor. That's why for years, all of us went to larger rotors yeah. is because it w- we couldn't get the heat dissipation out of it.
0: Gotcha.
2: So but that was something we were able to solve by making our rotors thicker. You know, our engineering staff, you know, did a great job with that. And the reason we had to do that is because we found with the bigger calipers that we started to make that had more oil flow and caused a lot more heat and friction, we were wrecking rotors. In fact, we were also boiling fluid. So at the same time that we re-engineered all this, not only did we change our rotor thickness, but we also changed the makeup of our mineral fluid, mineral oil. That we use in our system that it actually has a higher boiling point and a lower freezing point than other mineral oils because we had to and all of that stuff was implemented about two years ago and all of that fluid is retrofittable back into any of our brake systems that's another huge thing about tectra and trp is we try and make things very much cross compatible and modular as much as we can so it's less parts and there's more commonality that's great
0: it's that's awesome is it that higher boiling point and that lower freezing point is that why you have less brake fade when you're out there or is it a combination of the thickness of the rotor the size of the rotor and it's, that boiling point it's everything
2: okay. it's a system So that's why I always tell people, they'll say, hey, listen, can I run a normal rotor with that bigger caliper? And I say, in theory, yes, you can, because the pistons will overextend, but you will end up roasting that rotor in a short time because you're just going to build up too much heat for it. And we know that from testing, but it is definitely Mark, a, uh, an entire system that works together. And it was because of one part failing and us finding another solution and another problem that we're able to kind of make the whole thing happen. Dang and, it, and it just works. It's 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 so cool when people ride it and they come back and go, "Dude, I had yeah. no idea you you weren't lying. Yeah. That stuff really works." I'm like, I know. That's why I'm. <laughs> We got
0: we got a couple comments here from uh from the audience. I want to make sure. Uh let's see, let's start with this one. Uh Tumor Warrior is out there and he's asking when it goes back to that uh you know, evil can evil jump. Yeah, what is the most cars that
2: you have ever jumped? Four is my max. Four. I, I wanted Dang. to do five, but I never got there. Dang. Um,
0: was was so. it Mammoth Mountain that you had the
2: four four cars? No, I did four in Twin Falls. I did four outside of uh, Phoenix for the Cactus Cup one year. The Mammoth thing fell apart really quick. They hired me to jump. I was doing a show. I was riding for Spinergy and Bullet Brothers at the time and Ionic. And I always did my jumps where I would do... Two, then add one, then add one to kind of build the show. Evil, yeah, right. Right. Can I do four? (laughs) Yeah, go for more, right? (laughs) Well, I was doing my like my two car jump was like my warm up, so I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna do my warm up. (laughs) Warm up. Brothers were like, hey, we want to put a camera on you so we can film this while you're doing these and then we'll, you know, use it for marketing, whatever. I don't remember. This is before GoPro, right? So yeah, that's where I'm getting to. Oh my God. Before <laughs> GoPro, this was 98, 97. So I'm like, cool, let's do this. So they put the camera thing on me, which is, you know, one big camera on here, which wasn't bad, but I'm like, cool. We're we ready to go. Oh no, hold on. We got to put the backpack. On your back <laughs> that holds actually all the you know the, the firmware and and the wear. Oh my so god! I added about twenty pounds to my overall bike. Jeez. I didn't think about it. I was in a hurry, and I just went and did the jump and ended up eating crap wow. really bad. I just I didn't have enough speed, and when I went to push down on the suspension to, to jump, timing was all different. Huh? Everything was all off, and so I <sighs> jump here's the landing ramp. It's just like, wham. Oh. And, uh, there's, there's some awesome footage out there somewhere <laughs> in it. And I just remember like Sean Palmer hassling me and heckling me and yeah, <laughs> oh, all that yeah. kind of stuff. But you know, um, it still worked out fine, you know, but that was, that was kind of the end of that. Um, it was weird because things took another weird turn in 98. Um, I actually was the stunt rider for all the mountain bike uh, stunts in a Pringles commercial for the first X Games in
0: 1998.
2: No way. Yeah, so I what? I went to some auditions, they picked me as the rider. And uh, if you look out there for Pringles X Games commercial, I'm I'm in that, and that was shown in in North America and in Europe. So that was another kind of cool thing that came from all of this, and having an agent at that time is I ended up you know shooting a commercial, which was kind of crazy too. That's cool, Jerry. That's super cool. Um, Bureau of Bikes is saying, I'm sure the
0: seven degrees of separation in biking has Jerry at the end point. Brett Hall is saying, what a great story. When we had those breaks up a second ago, MTV Desiree is saying, those are hot. <laughs> Brett Hall saying, DHR Evo with the thumbs up. EVO uh, Bureau Bike says, I can confirm the setup is ridiculously simple. It, it we, makes my job easy, I hate to say, it, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Justin McDonald is saying, Jerry, the guy who got me to switch from the XTs to the EVO DHR. Yes, I, I'm a bad influence on people. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> MTB Desert, saying, I have been using XTs and been thinking about getting some TRPs. There we go. Another one coming over.
2: I, I, I will say so. That that's another thing you kind of touched on earlier is, you know, what is kind of the difference that yeah. people say. You, you when we started the podcast, you guys were talking about hey, you know, a lot of people talk about the TRPs being kind of a happy medium between the Shimano. Mm -hmm. and the SRAM and Mm -hmm. and that's a very accurate thing I think we kind of have the best of both worlds as far as feel strong um, power but also fantastic usable modulation I think that's the biggest point that we have I'd say over Shimano is the comment I get when people ride our stuff and get used to it they're like it's amazing because I used to never be able to to not be to the point where I would grab a handful of brake and it would lock yeah, get like, that twice, you know, or I couldn't get that point where I could bring the thing under control and always know it's going to be there. That's the comment I get from people is and I know it myself because I trust it. The fact that you can get it shut down and it's not so on and off. It's not what I would call digital. Our stuff feels very analog in the effect. It feels more when you grab a handful of lever, mm-hmm. it actually feels like you're reaching down and grabbing the rotor. You have that kind of tactile feel up at the lever. So you get the right amount of feedback so you can judge things. Yeah,
0: that's a great way to describe it because that's what I'm feeling when I'm riding it. And as an uneducated writer, when it comes to the brakes, all I know is that that feel when I pull the levers, I'm communicating with, with the rotors. And that's, that's just instant,
2: instant confidence booster. And it's, it's, I will definitely say that the thicker rotors help with that because you don't have the amount of waving and flexing that you would in a normal rotor. Cause you got to realize when we started putting four pistons on things, there was a lot more leverage going on to these rotors besides heat and besides everything else. Now you have something that's stable. And when you grab it, it's, you know, it's there, it's it's right on. So to me that feels much more like I would feel if I was, you know, driving a race car. I mean, I'm a huge Formula One fan, huge motorsports fan, Um, anything with wheels. Love it. Uh, But it's it's the performance that you get that once you go to that point, it's extremely hard to go back the other direction.
0: Yeah, I couldn't imagine now going back to another bike now that I have experience of what it feels like on these brakes. It would be hard for me to go back to what I had before just because I'm it it feels easier to communicate to my bike
2: and my bike to communicate back to me with with this <laughs> and i think the you know the thing i notice in the comment i get there again mark is that when people ride this stuff they get so used to it that all of a sudden you're not thinking about the brakes anymore you're just thinking about how hard you can charge into the thing because you know when you get to the point where you need them they're there Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden that doesn't become part of your writing problem. You're not concentrating on, okay, I've got to really think about breaking into this ahead of time. Cause what if, and whatnot, yeah. you just go into it and it's just flow and you're happy and you're relaxed and it's just, it's seamless. Yeah.
0: Joey caught onto that real quick. He would yeah. just go mock five, and then just break at the right time and get all like re- the reduction he needed for the corner and then gone
2: again. I'm like, damn, it's amazing. already got it. <laughs> He's already yeah, got and, it. You know, now we're getting that same kind of comment, you know, from that we have for years from the world cup writers as well. You know, um, that's huge. So that's, that's great. It's, and it's cool to hear it not only from high level people, athletes and whatnot, but it's great when just us regular people, ride them. And they're just like, you know what? This is great. We're happy. Yeah. That works great. We know that you guys have a great support system with the guys in the field like myself and then our staff that's in our office in Ogden, Utah um, that takes care of things. They, It's great because they can actually during the week, you can call someone at the office and they'll pick up the phone and actually answer your question or problem or, you know, we'll help you find what you need. So it's it's a great, it's great for us to have such a good team of people behind a product that is so good.
0: Yeah. And it's a big company too. I had no idea (laughs) that Tektro was the second largest (laughs) provider of of brakes out there. That's, that's huge. But then the
2: TRP, it's its own thing off of Tektro, right? It it is. It's, it's, if you want to put it in a, in a simple term, I use this analogy. Tektro is our Toyota. TRP is our Lexus. Lexus, got so, it. I that mean, makes Real easy correlation that way. That's, TRP is our premium stuff, you know, and Tektro is our workhorse stuff. Love it. Love yeah.
0: it. And it looks cool. So many put on there, those brakes are hot. I just love the, I love the way it looks when I go look at my
2: bike. I love the way <laughs> it the gold looks. Is, is amazing. The silver, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, they're, they're very, very, you know, good looking brakes as well as great performance, which, you know, we like sexy looking stuff. That's cool. You know, yeah. if something's shiny and nice, it's, it's great. Yeah. You know, if it works as good as it looks yes exactly and like you said breaks are our
0: are, are live and die so uh, you, we definitely want them to work and work well in which they do um mtv raging just joined us he just touched down sitting on a tarmac and bam the segment podcast yo craig welcome back buddy glad you're there show the folks on the airplane the podcast jumping jerry is on uh we got octodad from new zealand he says Thicker rotors should not bend as much either.
2: Exactly. Oh, yes, absolutely. I will say that um, having more material in the rotor has definitely led to uh, less warping, of course, with heat, but they are much more resistant to rock strikes and other types of bending because Mm. there's more material. That's, you know, you load the bike wrong in the car or something. A lot of times rotors get bent or you stack bikes or whatever. We just don't see that with these rotors. I mean, things can happen obviously. Nothing sure. and nothing's, you know, foolproof, but definitely that's another comment I get very much that the rotors themselves are very much more durable. Octodad was onto that right there. He says 180 stick out less
0: and then he's also asking what's the weight difference? We got thicker
2: rotors, but does, is there a penalty it's, to that? it there is a slight penalty and it's it's in grams it's very minimal and i tell people if you're that worried about the weight difference you you shouldn't worry about it you should go take a poop or something because (laughs) you'll lose
0: lose more weight in
2: that in that Um, poop (laughs) what i tell people is this i say listen try the brakes with these rotors if they're not more impressive go back to something else and I've never had to switch someone back out. Because the thing is is the amount of weight difference is very negligible. And the fact that you have so much more power and consistency far out overweighs a couple grams of weight.
0: True. And a lot of folks are riding the bigger rotors that are skinnier. So maybe the weight like you're saying is is it's so slight, clear. whereas it's the TRPs slight. are smaller yeah. circumference but thicker. So Yeah,
2: that's what I was hoping if you're that worried about weight, just drop down in rotor size and it should work out to be about the same, but you'll have better performance. Nice.
0: Yeah. Tumor Warrior saying, I wish they made bigger rotors than 203. You You guys do. Make a 220 and a
2: 223. 220,
0: 223. Yep. Octodad saying we have Tektro brakes on my XC bike and they have lasted very well.
2: I'm sure the Tektro brakes are very solid. Nice.
0: empty Desra says, that's what I'm looking for. And then he says, anyone looking for some Shimano XTs? I have some slightly used. (laughs) They're going on the market.
2: (laughs) We get a lot of that.
0: (laughs) Timothy Haley says, that's what I need. LOS plus something that's not going to fade due to heat because of, of weight.
2: Yeah. So that's, so originally, just to let everyone know, the thicker rotors and stuff actually become Because of weight problems. Here's the deal. We originally started down that line of having to use thicker rotors because Tektro is a huge supplier for e-bikes. And in Europe, very popular e-bikes are cargo e-bikes. And so you have a major problem. A lot of weight. You've got an 80-pound bike. It'll handle 100 pounds of cargo and another 200 of rider. Dang right? Right. So all of a sudden you've got to stop all that mass. Well, trying to do that with a normal system, I could show you video of how red the rotors would get in our test facility in our factory. And that's what started the whole thing was we needed a better stopping system for cargo e-bikes. Wow. And as that translated, a lot of us other guys were like, Hey, why can't, We use that for our downhill bikes. Wouldn't that be better for us too? Smart. Yes. And to allude to that gentleman's question, for bigger riders, it is a huge difference because you don't get any fade and you always have consistent braking because now you are able to handle all of that weight. That's another reason why those brakes work so well on your decoy got it love it yeah whereas before my jeffsy i think they had codes
0: on there and break fade at like a place for me like snow summit
2: is just like dude what is this i can't i'm squeezing but nothing's happening this is scary (laughs) And, and that's the comment i will get from you know not only people at snow summit but um guys who are you know in bellingham and and writing stuff that's three and 4,000 feet of descent. They're just, they'll come back to me and be like, oh my God, I can't believe it. You know, it's still the same feel at the lever, top to bottom. This is crazy. This is unheard of. And I'm like, no, this is the way it should have been a long time ago. Our brakes should have been not worrying about the weight. We need to worry about getting the thing stopped and being safe. Consistent. Consistent confidence yeah. i love that air
0: blair is out there he actually has 4500 miles on his bike he popped those on in just a few months the guy is a, a mtb coach for laguna beach high school yeah. so he runs a high school team out there he says still on the fence for trps versus the saints please help tip me over to trp he's
2: asking okay simple um i went from saints to MG 7s to DHR Evos, or actually DHR, the previous version. Then we came out with the Evos. But um, I would say it's pretty simple, especially once you ride them. Um, The amount of power is on par with what a Saint is very easily. However, the amount of modulation and then having the thicker rotors is going to be a game changer. I guarantee it. it. You'll have that, always have enough power, always have enough consistency, and the Saint is a fantastic strong break. I rode them for many years, loved them. But this is a whole different game. This is a serious big step up above that. So let's let me go ahead and pop
0: open some breaks real quick. I'm gonna jump them up on the screen here, Jerry. Help take us through if somebody were to purchase some TRPs today. Mm-hmm. Which breaks would you recommend? Or let's let's go ahead and build out some breaks if we if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, so I'm here and I see that there are, you know, DHR, EVO, yeah. gold, DHR. Yeah.
2: Well, let's just start from the very top. Okay. The very top is going to be the gold and the silver and the black, and that's going to be on the very top row there. That's our signature top of the line model. That is our DHR EVO. That is our highest end, most powerful race break. Um, that. Is the best brake we make, and that's what I tend to run on my race bikes because I want the most power. Um, now that brake doesn't always tend to be the very best for everyone, though, because they are very strong with its nine millimeter master cylinder. The step down, the brake that's off to the right of the DHR EVO, which is the trail Evo, that is probably one of our more popular brakes because it does have the same large caliper like the DHR Evo, does have a very similar lever assembly. However, it uses a 10 millimeter master piston, which makes it not quite as aggressive in its power ramp up. Hmm. It has the same power at the end of the day as the higher end brake, but it comes on a lot smoother. So for some of my more play bikes that I like to ride, Mm -hmm. I like my trail bikes. I like the trail Evo a little better because it comes on a little more mellow Hmm. with its power, but being that it's a big strong brake that uses the 2.3 rotor Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, people get on them. They're like, Hey, these things have as much power. No problem at all. Works great. Um, When we move down below that, we'll get down to a section that is the Slate Evo, which the Slate Evo is our entry into the 2.3 thick rotor system. And that brake is an amazing brake. Doesn't have quite the power because it's a little bit smaller caliper, a little bit smaller master than the other brakes, but it has the thicker rotor and at $140 per line, It's an amazing value for getting into that ecosystem. Okay. For guys who maybe don't want to spend as much money or don't need quite as much power, maybe smaller riders or people with say maybe a lighter bike, lighter bicycle, it's great.
1: So for folks, oh yeah, go ahead.
2: Yeah, and then the very end is our our um, Slate T4, which is our base model four piston, which is a great brake um lighter weight uses a 1.8 rotor that's the last brake in our line right now that uses a more standard rotor system but for people who don't need as much brake power say guys who ride a hardtail or even on my BMX race bike that's the brake I choose cuz I don't need as much all in out power okay but the same thing goes with all of our brakes in our line they're all going to have that reliability Great modulation, power you can count on. That's a hallmark throughout our line. It's just we have different levels of product, just like any company for different people's needs.
0: Mm, Got it. Love it. For the majority of the followers of this segment in the segment podcast, they're pretty much here in the uh, western part of the U.S., out to Arizona. For for that is probably going to be most here on this top
2: line. I'm guessing. DHR Evos and Trail Evos are our two, two most popular. Gotcha. Sure. To the point where sometimes it's a little hard still to get DHR Evos. We have a pretty solid backorder list of those. Okay. Um, whereas Trail Evos, Slate Evos, Slate T4s, we have those available right now. I'm happy oh. to say. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: So if somebody like Air Blair was going to jump on uh, a DHR or TRP. Yep. Um from a from possibly considering Saint. Um, I would it- do the
2: trail evo or the DHR Evo would be the comparison break for that. Oh, okay. Yep. Got it. Either Got one it. Of them, he would be very happy with. Love
0: it. Love yep. it. Blair, I hope that answers your question, buddy. These are some great yeah. looking uh, breaks. Uh, something
2: I always like to tell people too is, you know, if people have questions about stuff, please, please contact us, whether it's myself whether you call our office in Ogden, we're more than happy to kind of help you through the break lines and get you set up with what would be what you need. Um, That's just something we like to do for people to make sure they're taken care of. Um, That's a big part of our, you know, support job here in the U S is just making sure that people are happy with our product. That is awesome.
0: That always helps a lot, you know, it's Making not sure so. you have so to talk to you. <laughs> Timothy Haley is saying, "Going to have to get some here shortly, but don't tell the wife I'm spending money." He said, "That happens.
2: We'll uh, sh- sh- we'll keep it on, keep it on the lowdown."
0: So I know with things like flying off the shelf and everything, does TRP ever offer like little discounts here and there, or, or things to help writers get into the product a little better, help that yeah, entry level? So or
2: we definitely have a you know uh, a sponsorship program that we offer, usually the sign-up for that is September and October. Um, It's been hard the last couple of years with lack of inventory to offer huge discounts on product. So we're just kind of getting back around and filling inventory to where we can start looking at doing more of that soon. That makes sense. And if
0: anybody has any questions about any of these TRPs or, or looking for something, I know Jerry had said, reach out to him on Instagram. We'll make sure we put that information down in the description for the show as well if there's any other questions that may arise after the show uh, we got a couple more here timothy Haley saying um actually air blair is saying jerry thank you for the amazing clarification detail and honesty for trp and for which break is for which level of rider oh yeah that
2: is awesome that's that's what we do man because it sometimes can be confusing we make a fair amount of different products and, you know, there is definitely some that are better for other purposes than not.
0: I I love that clarification on that, because when I looked at the website earlier, I was like, they all look the same to me. I don't know what the difference is, but it's great. to <laughs> It's great to get education around it, which is
2: good. And, and I understand that. And I tell people, you know, sometimes it can be a little confusing when you look, especially at that opening page on the website, because it has all the breaks. And yes, our brakes do look a lot alike because there again, like I'd said before, we try and use commonality of parts as much as we can Uh, when we manufacture stuff, because it makes it easier to have replacement parts. Nice. When Friday fails happen.
0: When Friday fails
2: happen, yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah,
2: The lever assemblies are the same you know just a lot of the pieces are are transferable from one you know model to another uh, which is a lot nicer than having these proprietary technologies where it's like no if you have this brake you can only use this if you have this right. you can only use this i'm i'm not a fan of that i like things should be simple things should work and it it shouldn't be that much of a pain in your rectal yeah plug play and let's go yeah yep. more more time riding less time working on them
0: Right. Exactly. Bureau bikes is saying I rocked the trail Evo at mag seven in a Moab last weekend. I always exactly where I want to be perfectly in line for every feature. The brakes made all the difference. Damn. Another good testimony. Awesome. Uh, thank you,
2: Appreciate
0: that. That. Is, uh, awesome. that is awesome. So we're already up on an hour, which is crazy, but I do want to, I do want to give you the airtime for the new drivetrain because Sure. We all know when I think TRP, obviously I think breaks TRP is more than just breaks. Now you guys are doing some, some different things. Would it be okay to take the listeners through that, um, that new drivetrain, or, or if there's anything else that you want to share that you think is critical for education, please let us know. I
2: think think some of the drivetrain would be cool to touch upon. Um, because a lot of people I'll, I'll tell you, we were at sea otter you know, again, here a couple of weeks, three weeks ago, what, something like that. And it was amazing to have people come into our booth and see the TRP drivetrain, our 12 speed, um, on a stand where they could pedal it and, you know, shift it and everything. And people would walk into the booth and go, I, I had no idea that TRP made, you know, shifter and derailleur. And I said, yeah, we've had this for a couple of years now. And they're just like, <laughs> <you know. laughs> where have I been? So, so for TRP itself, and you have the drivetrain up, we, we do a seven speed and a 12 speed. We do a shifter and a derailleur right now. And I've been on those for a couple of years now, and it's it's a great product, um, a lot of carbon bits. It's pretty cool looking, but it's got some interesting features as far as we have a, a clutch system that is a ratcheting clutch that is adjustable. Hmm. And that is really nice because it, it moves and backs off when it needs to. Whereas I know there's been some systems out there that I've ridden, and especially on the upshifts, it just gets harder and harder as it's fighting the clutch, or mm. you get deep into the suspension travel and, and the clutch wants to fight type of thing. Um, so that's a big thing with our derailleur system as well. We have another feature on the derailleur, which is called a hall lock which is actually a lock for the B bolt and it Hmm. keeps the main body of the derailleur from moving. Cause normally you've got the derailleur and it's, you know, fighting and going, the clutch is doing one thing and the rest of the derailleurs, you know, doing this other thing over here. And we found a way where we could take it and take the main body and isolate that. So the arm mechanism can work on its own. And it, it, co- it makes the derailleur much quieter, much less chain slap, um, and it works great. So I, I run the 12-speed on my enduro bike, and then I'm running our shorter cage 7-speed on my downhill bike and on my dual slalom bike. Hmm. So those have been pretty popular for us, been, been good product. Here, about a week or two ago, we actually brought in something that a lot of people don't even know about yet that we're just coming to market with, which is a Tektro drivetrain product. Oh, and it's called the ED9 and it is a um, 1146 cassette with the bottom three cogs being replaceable because on e-bikes and on people it's kind of a mid-level drivetrain you know more entry-level riders tend to ride near the end of the cog set and stay in one gear or us e-bike riders we tend to ride near the end of the cog set because we have power so we made that drivetrain with the bottom three cogs being replaceable Wow! Those are the ones that are going to wear. where Basically, we have a 1146 cassette that's Tektro. We have a clutch system derailleur that is Tektro, and we have a nine-speed shifter that is Tektro. And I've had mine on my e-bike for I don't know four or five months now, and it's typical Tektro, it just works. Dang! Uh-huh. Now, is that available for purchase now, or is that coming? It is available now. We just got it here in the US about a week ago and trying to get it out to dealers. Um, It is so new, you probably will not find it online. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I don't Um, see it on
2: there. I see the TR-12, the DH-7. So we're in the phase right now of getting that into our dealer's hands. So if you are interested in that, I can get people information. And if you would like to try one, We can get that to your favorite local dealer and they can get it on your bike and you can give it a whirl, but it's been working really, really well. And it's just, we want to be another option for everyone out there. Um, You know, the other guys, they make great stuff too. But I think that, that we can be another really legitimate option for people out there. Man,
0: interesting, interesting. Trail Dogs, MTB, big group out this way. Trail Dogs saying, I want to try this. Do you have a vision to do a
2: wireless version down the road? Uh Uh-oh. Let's just say we have more than vision. That's all I can say.
0: I knew by the look on your face, you don't play (laughs) poker, man. I knew what that meant.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm a horrible poker player.
0: (laughs) Would there be a – is that something, that that vision of this potential – Um, wireless version? Would that be in the next, like, is that 22, 23?
2: Who knows? Yeah. And and I won't commit that that we are working on wireless. I don't want to go down that path, but I will just say that people should be very aware over the next few years about keeping their eyes open for products from TRP and Tektro, because as things move along, even through the end of this year, we're going to be coming out with new items and people are going to be going like, what the heck? I didn't Chris. know you guys were going to make this. Nice. I didn't know you guys were capable of making this. And I wish I could tell you about some of this cool stuff. <laughs> my, my, my friends in the company would shoot me. <laughs> really like um, and I don't want to do that because I really like my job. But yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty cool to see all the things we have in development. It's really exciting and extremely hard not to share. Because it's Dang. cool stuff, That's really cool. cool
0: stuff. I I can't. We can't wait to see it. Yeah. Um, Jumping Jerry, it's been a pleasure to have you on the segment. Thank you Thank so you. much for educating us around TRP Tektro and all the other things that TRP does outside of the brakes. Love it, and we definitely need to slow it down to speed it up. Brakes have been amazing, an amazing upgrade for me in my life, and I'm sure a lot of my friends here that I see in the audience. Uh, trail dogs is already saying, take my money <laughs> <laughs> and then they're trying to guess dropper posts, bikes, question uh, mark.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know if we're going to go that route, but uh, you know, you never know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Jerry, where can people find you if they want to follow you after they listen to this podcast here live or in the future, where, where's the best place to contact you and find you and follow you, you know,
2: easiest way via email is just going to be simply jerry at trpcycling.com um so that's my email um by all means go to our website trpcyclingcomponents.com and and that has our information for our u.s office so know that we've got multiple support lines that way and then of course you know on social um jay vanderpool is my Instagram and people can get a hold of me that way as well.
0: And if people are in this area, you cover a wide territory. What is your territory <laughs> and, and where can we see Jerry out in the wild? Where would
2: you possibly be? So I officially my territory is the United States. Um but Ooh. I primarily, you know, travel mostly in the western United States. However I do make it out to you know events like oh the World Cup that was in uh, Virginia last year, things like that. Um, But typically you'll see me at a lot of events um, whether it's like a sea otter, which will be, you know, kind of a, an expo type scenario. Um, I know I will be going to um, some of the big mountain enduro races. I know I will be going to the national championship mountain bike event in winter park in July, Um, and just keep your eye out because we, between myself and the other guys and out of the office, we do tend to go to a lot of events so we can be there to support people with our product. We want to make sure if someone needs a break bleed or they need a little adjustment, or if they have a question, um, we're there for them as well. A lot of times I'll set up some breaks on displays, you know? Kind of like we have right here where people Ooh. can touch and feel stuff. Nice. And uh it's a great way for people, you know, uh to actually touch and feel our, our parts. So that's a big part of my job is going out to dealers and meeting with consumers and having them try our product. Because the comment I get a lot of times is we hear good things, but we just haven't got to touch and feel your stuff. So can I ride your bike? And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. So good. What a cool part of the job that must be. Like, let's go out on the
0: trails. And, and ride love couple, that part of my job a couple questions in closing Burrell bikes is asking should people go into their local bike shop and ask them
2: to carry trps yes, how is easy is that yep it's it's that easy we can we can help any bike shop out get them set up um, a lot of bike shops will buy our product from some of the distributors of course but some of them don't realize that we have an office here in the u.s and the distributors will have some of our basic brake products, but us being the support for the US, we have all the small bits and pieces. I shouldn't say all, I'll ruin it. Um, we have more small bits than most other people. You know, the little things, you'll lose a set screw or a brake pad spring or a bleed screw or something. Or let's say you need brake pads or fluid. We're the guys that can help stock that with a dealer, or we also have uh, stuff on our website for consumers if they do not have a local bike shop that they deal with. But we really like to try and get stuff going through our local bike shops because then you have your own support people there that you trust, just like you do with SpokeX. Interesting. Very cool. Yeah. That's what Trail Dogs were just saying. Our bike shop partner
0: is SpokeX, right. and they love TRP. Yep which is, which is great. Um, one last one, I sw- I promise everybody the last one in closing, what about on the bike? Where can we ride with you? Where, where does jump in Jerry Vanderpool like to ride
2: anywhere where it's rough, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say, you know, if you ever make it out to Boise, Idaho, yes. And you know, it's highly possible sometime during the year, I will be heading down, towards socal and see some of my shops you know SpokeX and and rad bikes and and a number of others um and who knows you may be riding with me maybe we can set something up and get those guys to ride with you mark and that'd be dope and uh make it a little trp thing
0: heck yeah a trp group ride yeah come, come try the product try yeah. the
2: bikes I, I think we could wrangle something like that
0: That would be awesome. Let's definitely work on that. And folks, thank you all so much for jumping on the show. Give Jerry Vanderpool a follow on Instagram, check out TRP. If you haven't already go to their website, check them out, give them a call or ask your
2: local bike shop and get in on some of this new stuff. Tell them, you know, this character that can help them get some breaks. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: <laughs> Thank you all. Don't forget, love what you do. Be passionate about it. Work hard, set those goals because all that hard work is always going to pay off. Jerry and I will see you guys out on the trails. Thank you. See ya. See ya. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of episode 67. Holy cow, we are approaching episodes. 70 i've got some great guests lined up i hope you guys are enjoying these episodes if you are if you're listening to this on apple itunes and you have some time i would love a review something to let the apple podcast gods know that somebody's listening to this podcast and it really helps get this out to other mountain bikers if you have any suggestions or any guests that you like to hear on the show pop on over to my instagram and send me a dm and let me know who you would like to see on the show and I'll do my best to see if I can book them. As always, I really appreciate you guys downloading these and listening to them. I hope your trails are treating you well. Whatever it is that you're doing in life, make sure you find that passion about it. Set those goals that you want. Work hard towards those goals because, hey, all that work is always going to pay off. We'll see you guys on the next episode or out on the trails. See you soon.